ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Empathy and the suffering of others. In this podcast, Eckhart talks about our growing awareness and how it can be used in service of others. He says, when presence is the foundation of our lives, we are more available emotionally. He explains that this is when the pitfalls of the ego no longer block us. Eckhart believes that when we are confronted by the pain of others, if we have a clear channel connected to the source of consciousness, we will exercise empathy and compassion. In this state, he says, we will not be shaken when the winds of misfortune blow because we are rooted in the deepest part of our being. Hi Eckhart, it's an absolute honor and a pleasure to see you. I've been studying um, the Upanishads and the Vedas for a while. And um, uh, the thing that everyone talks about is um, the non-attachment. I began to feel somewhere that it was almost selfish not to identify with the pain of someone else because individual pain body, I can understand. I've, I've, I can wrap my head around it but this collective pain body you sometimes feel so helpless uh, about the things that are happening around and it sometimes almost feels very very uh, small to not identify with it and yet do what is required but sometimes it, it, it feels that am I Am I missing out on feeling that emotion and identifying with it? Because if you bring that that awareness of of being the witness consciousness to what is happening, I there is no feeling that you feel there. And then you look at people around you suffering and then you feel like am i being insensitive so it's a very confusing state sometimes yes uh, yeah yes i understand exactly what you're talking about thank you Uh, it does make sense so let's see what uh, there's to say about it there's a wonderful quality that is possible for human beings Uh, we could call that empathy empathy 
empathy is to feel what the other is feeling, to have a, to tune in to another and uh, to some extent feel the suffering, the pain of the other. You can even have, you can have empathy with animals too. You can feel the, the suffering of an animal. You can feel the suffering of a human. And um, the, the ego is not capable of empathy. So people who are ego possessed to a high degree feel little or no empathy for, for other humans because their sense of separateness, separation is so strong that the other only exists for them as a conceptual entity. They, they cannot sense the other as human and they cannot let alone sense the other as the being, being. beyond the human. Mm. So to have the, when you have empathy, this uh, can only arise when there's some absence of ego. So they said it doesn't mean that person with empathy is completely egoless. But and even empathy could be used by the ego. Anything can be used by the ego. Your spiritual practice can be used by the ego, anything. <laughs> but there's an, there's an opening there. And uh, I remember various occasions when I felt what you describe, traveling and so on, looking at human suffering. And I wept. One can only help a little, but what I wept, that's the human. On a human level, you feel that. Compassion is another word that's sometimes used. It's very closely related to empathy. Uh, compassion is a feeling, can lead to action, but you know that whatever action you take in the face of human suffering is probably limited. So there's compassion, there's empathy. The German word for compassion is quite interesting when you break it up and translate it literally. Uh, the German word for compassion is mitleid, which translated literally is suffering with, to suffer with someone. Mit means with, light means suffering. Mitleid means with suffering, to suffer with someone together. That's, that's a German word for compassion. Uh, so as the, it's inevitable that you, that that arises as you gradually free yourself from egoic consciousness, more and more empathy arises. And then you feel that. I feel it for many instances when I just, uh, I was in a country somewhere, saw a beggar sitting in the street and I felt tears. Another strange thing I just I remember um, we were in Italy in a small town, perhaps it was Assisi where we had a retreat. Uh, I walked, there was a church and the bells were ringing very slowly 
And then people were coming out of the church carrying a coffin. So I realized it was a funeral. I don't know who died, somebody died. And I couldn't stop crying for 10 minutes. I was, it was, I, I cried as, because this for me meant the, the death of every human being. <laughs> and I, for ten, I just was very strange. For 10 minutes, I was just crying, crying. Uh, and uh, even when I talk about it now, I almost cry. Why, how could you cry? Because that was on a human level, everybody's, every human's destiny is that. <laughs> and on a human level alone, it's tragic. But as I cried, now this is hard to describe, underneath the crying, there was a, a very, very deep peace underneath it. One could say almost, perhaps when one talks about it, it's incompatible almost, say, how can, but there was, there was, a, there was peace, and on the surface there was the, the weeping. <laughs> I can feel it even now. <laughs> because on a human level, the human destiny is tragic. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Everybody's tensions to death. <laughs> it's just amazing. On a human level alone, each one of us in the not too distant future is going to die. Then that's it. And sometimes before you die, you may have to suffer a bit more, physical suffering, whatever it may be. But now where's the peace? Where does that come from that you feel in the face of where you even, you feel it even more strongly in the face of death? which when you observe the fact of impermanence, as the Buddha called it, the fact of impermanence of all forms, and don't deny it, but really face it, then by completely looking in the face of impermanence, you become aware of something that is beyond impermanence in you. The Buddhists sometimes call it the deathless. <laughs> Buddha, Buddhism likes negative terms. It denies something. The end of suffering. The deathless. Jesus didn't use those terms mostly. He used more positive terms. He said the equivalent of the deathless dimension in Buddhism, Amaravati, is the term that Jesus used, which is eternal life. Jesus spoke about eternal life, the possibility of finding eternal life. 
sometimes in bad translations of the Bible, it's translated as everlasting life. That's the wrong translation. Eternal doesn't mean everlasting. It goes on and on and on. No, it, uh, eternal means timeless. The timeless dimension of consciousness. Now, I, I believe I wrote that in, a, in Stillman Speaks book. This is just a little analogy to explain what I'm talking about. If the entire world were green, let's say everything is green <laughs> in this world, there's no other color other than green, that means green would not exist. There would be no word for it. Because for anything to exist, you need the other. Uh, so everything is green, there's no green. You could even apply to race. If everybody were exactly the same skin color, there would be no race. You could not derive your identity from your race because you can only have an identity because somebody else has a different identity on that level of the, the human level. <laughs> so now impermanence, the fact that you become aware of impermanence, you can become aware of it, brings up that which is beyond it. Because if there were nothing beyond impermanence, you wouldn't even know it. You'd be so much part of it, it just, you would, but there is a knowing. So if there's a knowing that uh, this is green, there must be something that's not green. <laughs> it's it's a, a little, just an analogy. So to become aware of the fact of impermanence, means there's something that is beyond impermanence, only that can become aware of impermanence. And this is why it's so helpful to, and I love going to cemeteries for meditations. Uh, so you, you walk through the cemeteries and you look at the gravestones. What could be better reminder of impermanence than a, than a cemetery? You look at the gravestones one of the greatest meditations, highly recommend, so walk around and then experience two things. The sadness of impermanence and the deeper peace underneath it. And again, that brings us back to where we started, the human and the being. The human and the being. The human is subject to impermanence. The being is the transcendent dimension, the consciousness, the being that is not yours, but it's the, it's the essence of it all. And to be aware of both simultaneously is very liberating. And it's really, it's ultimately, that in itself is, is a healing Sling when you are aware, when you, let's say you're with a human who is dying, that can also be a very deep meditation. If you, if you sit with someone, perhaps a loved one, a father, mother, whoever it may be, and you sit with a dying person. And if you if you become still and alert without any more denial or anything like that, without needing some kind of explanation in your mind or seeking some kind of explanation for it all, 
you become aware of the two levels, the, the sadness of it, and, but as you completely accept that, the impermanence of all forms, you become aware of something underlying something deeper. That's the consciousness. And that's also the essence of this human who died, the being. That is eternal, eternal life. And you know very well when the moment this person has passed away, only the body remains and you realize he or she is gone. And the, the physical body was never who that being was. The physical body was, was never it. And so it comes, it brings you to the realization that you also, that you are essentially invisible. What you see, what I see of myself or what I see of you is very little, almost the body. You see the, the body. You see the, you can't even see the thoughts. The thoughts already exist already in the realm of the invisible. You cannot find a thought. You can examine the brain, but you cannot find a thought. We, not, we don't even know exactly what a thought is. Uh, I can remember at this moment my grandmother who died when I was 11. But only this moment, where was she all this time? In, as a thought, as a memory, would a scientist, if he opened up my brain, would he or she have found my grandmother there, the memory of my grandmother? No. Because thought already is invisible, it exists in the realm of the invisible, Let, and thought is only the upper layer of consciousness. It's, it's the so thought is a ripple on the surface of the ocean. So if you can sense that you are also invisible, what you, nobody can find you through the senses. You don't exist ultimately in the so-called material realm. Nobody would find you. They open up your brain. Uh, where are you? Gone. So the death is something that is uh, a very important portal into awakening, potentially, the fact of impermanence. And it's both, it's tragic and it's perfectly fine. Nothing real can be threatened, as the Course in Miracles says at the beginning. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Nothing real can be threatened. So in ultimate terms, the body is not real. It's just a temporary apparition. Nothing real, can, nothing unreal exists. Ultimately, it doesn't even exist. We don't need to go into that. It, it, it's like a dream. Herein lies the peace of God. In knowing this, you have this deep peace.
and that's the being, the realization of being. And you can still weep. And you can also take action to remedy, to some extent, as much as possible, the suffering of others. Without being consumed by the suffering of others. Because there are many humans who, are, who feel they want to help and, and eventually they, they experience burnout and frustration. That's the danger when you, when you feel like, I must help, help, help. Yes, it's wonderful to help, but are you losing yourself in that? Or are you able to help without losing connectedness to the source? And then an additional dimension flows into what you do. And that is through help. Then you emanate that and that also uh, then changes the way in which you act upon the world and help others. Mm. A very last, before we finish the answer to this question, a very a great form of healing, if you want to help others by healing in whatever sense, whether it's physical healing or deeper healing. Deeper healing, of course, means self-realization, awakening is the only ultimate true healing. To heal, to help others with, to heal others is to recognize the, let's say somebody is seriously ill, instead of focusing on the illness, which is the, on the human level, you focus on the being. On the level of being, that human is already complete and healed forever in the state of oneness with source with oneness with god so you you can if you focus in another human being not on the external manifestation of the human but on the who that human is in the essence of their being where they don't even need any healing where they are already complete Nothing can be added on that level to who you already are. Nothing can be added, needs to be added. And if you focus on that, sometimes a person suddenly feels better or gets better. So, so you, you acknowledge the deeper reality in that human being. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hello, thank you. So my question is, what do you consider a true limitation 
to manifestation versus a limitation of the mind? Good question. Thank you. Now, um, when you read uh, what Jesus said, um, when you have faith, faith is the, the faith in the terms that Jesus used is to, to be, be connected with the the power within you that is inseparable from the source consciousness. When you have faith, you can tell a mountain move, go move from here to there, and it will happen. Now, there could be a, a kind of parable or analogy, or some people might want to take it literally. He also said, as you know, I've said before, the the one statement that is that encapsulates the entire secret about manifestation. Jesus said, when you when you ask for something, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. They just encapsulate. Believe that you have received it. I've spoken about that at length in other sessions. To believe that you have received it is to feel uh, connected with the the essence of being where you anything else is that's the cream everything else is the skimmed milk so if you have the cream you can manifest anything in the realm of the skimmed milk now that would mean that you can entirely change if the statement about the mountain is to be taken literally then it would be you saying that it is possible to completely change external reality, so-called physical reality, simply by the power of your mind. And I believe that is the destiny of humans. Eventually, humans will be able to simply manifest through the mind. At the moment, you can manifest quite a bit. Not immediately, you always need a little bit of time, mostly. There's a lot you can do and even sometimes things that you think might be almost impossible, that is that's too far, that is possible to manifest. But there are limitations, you're absolutely right, to what, and you need to recognize those limitations so that you are not engaged in completely useless manifestation practice, aiming at something that is not within the realm of possibility. For example, Let's say I suddenly got it into my mind that I'm going to participate in whatever capacity uh, in the Olympic Games, the next Olympic Games, whenever they are going to be. Uh, and I'm going to win a gold medal in uh, boxing or whatever. And no matter how powerful my manifestation is, that is not going to happen. <laughs> So I know um, that is an impossibility. Or I want, let's say I got it into my mind, I want to become a, the world's greatest ballet dancer. Okay. <laughs> now, if I'd been uh, 10 years old, it might have worked, but it's not going to happen, that's for sure. No matter how powerful my manifestation practice is, so there are, um, now these things are kind of obvious, 
that there are physical limitations to what you can do or what your body can do. There may also be mental manifestations. Sometimes people have an image in their mind of what they want to be. I remember watching years ago when we still had cable television, all these people who perform, they want to be chosen and all kinds of singing and dancing and so on. And one is sometimes uh, amazed at the discrepancy between what people thought of themselves, how good they were at singing or dancing, and how bad they actually were when they performed. It's just the discrepancy was just incredible. They thought they were they had they were the potential greatest singer, but they were just awful. Just everybody could see they they can now that could be that they haven't practiced enough it could be that they haven't that they forgot that in order to achieve mastery in anything you have to focus your mind and you have to enjoy what you're doing for quite some time before power flows into what you do so they have just a mental projection i'm i'm going to be a rock star but then all the, there's the practice, you have to live it, you have to live the music, you have to live, the, or, or you compose the music and you live it every day. And you live, your instrument becomes part of your, your very being and you live it and you, you, you enjoy it. And then, and then you go into the, the subway and you play there for a year or two. And then you go somewhere else a little, Behind you play there. That's how many great stars have started, and and then you leave. And there, there was this book he found and he looked at various great musicians and dancers who had achieved great things. He calculated that they had ten thousand hours of practice before mastery was achieved, and something was able to flow through them that was made them great. With the Beatles, for example, he he examined. For how many years the Beatles performed in little, in just little bars and in Liverpool and then in Hamburg, they were performing in little uh, beer cellars and, and tiny bars. And he calculated and he came to the average figure of 10,000 hours, <laughs> 10,000 hours of practice. So very often the, the people don't achieve the heaven. The goal may not be totally unrealistic it may be within the realm of possibility uh, but what they miss is the the journey to, towards the goal and they don't enjoy the journey and they don't want to they, they the energy is not there to practice every day to do every day so that the power of increases and flows through them <clears throat> now many quite a few of those people they never Manif they'd never consciously manifested something. The Beatles, I'm sure, I, um, it just was a gradual evolutionary process for them before they what they created was very deeply inspiring. I mean, this, the songs are relatively simple, but they have an essence. There's something there that makes them, they, they'll still be around in two or 300 years time. There's something there that suddenly came and that was, it wasn't there initially. So are you able to enjoy the doing in the present moment really comes back to the present moment. Do you enjoy 
the journey towards it. Let's all, let's say you want to become a, people have an image of what they want to become, but are not able to give it attention in the continuous, in the present moment, so that the journey must be joyful to be empowered. And when I was writing The Power of Now, um, people sometimes ask me, what do you do? And I said, I'm writing, I'm writing a book, spiritual book. And they say, what about? I said, it's about present moment, living in the present moment. And several times people said, oh, forget about it. It's been done so many times. This is something that's already been overdone. You should think of something else. This possibly present moment is old hat. Just uh, don't do it. There's no point. You're wasting your time. Somebody actually told me, literally, he had read many spiritual books and said, if you are writing another book about the present moment, you're wasting your time. And I was writing the power of now. I didn't listen to him. <laughs> I knew I wasn't wasting your time. I, the, I loved the, the process. It was There was an empowerment that happened. It didn't have, it didn't matter to me very much that whether the book would be successful or not, which was very much secondary. I knew the book had to be written. If I had not written it, I would have become ill and I would have died. That's, that's how strong the, the energy flow was. If I had not responded to it, I would have died or been, become seriously ill. So don't necessarily listen to others. But yes, it is true. On the one hand, there are things that are not possible. Certain things are impossible and you need to just use your discrimination and look at it without limiting yourself unduly mm -hmm. because many things that other people will tell, might tell you are impossible are actually within the realm of possibility. And even certain things that your mind will tell you are impossible may be within the realm of possibility. And again, there's a fine line there. Important thing is make sure that you enjoy the doing of it. And then you can you focus on your destination, but enjoy the doing in the present moment. And then whether or not you even arrive at your destination becomes secondary because there's such deep enjoyment in the present moment. Uh, so, because the arriving at your destination, which means achieving your goal, is a relatively short-lived phenomenon. Let's say your goal is, I want to live in a nice big house, and then you've Somehow, it, it man, you man, you're able to manifest it, and in the meantime, you're pre, presumably you're engaged in a certain activity that enables you to have that, and then you sit in the big house. And very quickly, you will experience the state of unsatisfactoriness again. Very quickly. Any destination you arrive at is already the end. And this, many people who have become famous actors and others i've spoken to quite a few and most of them have said a little while after they became famous after the initial 
euphoric high that they were on subsided, they became very unhappy. Although they would have before they thought when I'm famous, and I'll be happy because everybody will love me and everybody will acknowledge how great I am. I'll be happy. I can do anything, go anywhere. I'll be happy. Yeah, the euphoria was there initially. And then suddenly there was a huge depression set in, unhappiness set in, and they didn't understand it. So the, the arriving is very little unless you break through into the deeper dimension of who you are, but you break, you do that now. The realization of being needs to happen now. Then, then you're not looking to the arriving to free you from a state of unsatisfactoriness. Your manifestation will become useless if you look to the arriving from, for a state of liberation from, from state of unsatisfactoriness or insufficiency or feeling you're not there's something missing. This feeling that there's something missing does not derive ultimately from not achieving this or that. It derives from not having accessed the vertical dimension in your life, which is to realize the being and you're still trapped on the level of the human, the doing. That's where ultimately the feeling of something missing arises. It's because of from the, in the level of being, nothing is missing. You're already complete. The rest is a more is a secondary thing. It's quite nice to achieve certain things on that level. It's fine. You you enjoy it up to a point. You enjoy what you, you what you achieve. If you don't look to these achievements uh, for uh, some kind of liberation or or fulfillment of who you are, that's too, that's too expecting too much. The world can't give you that. A certain amount of satisfaction can come, not ultimate lasting satisfaction. A certain amount of superficial satisfaction when you achieve this or that is fine. And then of course it changes. Sometimes it leaves you or you, it evaporates again. So that's, it's, it's a very subtle thing to know, to, to just to summarize your, the answer to your question. Uh, yes, on the one hand, there are things that you should not pursue because they are not clearly not within the realm of possibility. But on the other hand, quite a few other things you could pursue because uh, they are possible, even though people may tell you they are not, or your mind may tell you they're not. But whatever it is, so do make sure that you enjoy the present moment, the step you're taking at this moment is really the most important step ever. There's only ever the step you're taking at this moment. If you don't honor that and give it your fullest attention, then the rest would be very frustrating. To honor this, the step you're taking at this moment and then perhaps in order to achieve mastery, you need to take 10,000 steps mm -hmm. <laughs> with the 10,000 hours that this man did. Okay, but you enjoy, you enjoy. You're, while you take this step, you're not counting and saying, okay, 
or you don't count the hours if you practice dance or music or being an artist or a writer you don't say okay this guy said i need 10,000 hours so i better start now and then you count okay i've now done 150 hours how many more to go you're not present when you give it attention and honor it acknowledge it there's a quality in the doing it's hard to define but there's a quality in how you do what you do and that that empowers it thank you yes thank you thank you so much everybody for being here sharing presence not your presence not my presence just presence and become aware of yourself not mainly as a human with a history a past and a future but become aware of the invisible being that you are so easy you just have to remember to be aware it not it's not a memory it's coming back from get lost in the human reconnect with being stop thinking for a moment and sense that you are still there not as a historical person but as a living presence thank you i'm oprah winfrey and you've been listening to eckhart tolle essential teachings the podcast you can follow these essential teachings on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't yet go to spotify and follow this podcast Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.